It's a centennial celebration for the gods. That's right. Welcome to our 100th episode of Drama. I can't believe it. Me either. You know, I'm trying to think, how many times have we said drama over the course of 100 episodes? Oh, wouldn't it be fun if someone did a supercut of every single time uh-huh. it was said? Uh-huh. Because it is live and fresh every time. It is, yes. This is an amazing episode with Annalie Ashford. A dream guest, a queen of stage, screen, theater. And we just want to thank everyone who has supported us throughout these first 100 episodes and who will hopefully be sticking around for the next 100. Ah, love. And I just want to make sure that everyone knows that we have an incredible back catalog of Tony winners, Tony nominees, superstars, rise stars, everything you could ever imagine from all walks of the entertainment business. So please go back and check out our phenomenal episodes, starting with Krista Rodriguez. And although this is just the 100th episode of our main show, we release two episodes every week, one on the main feed and one on our Patreon's feed, which you can find at patreon.com backslash the drama podcast because... There's, I think, more than 50 episodes on there. Definitely. definitely. And there's also some videos of episodes. You get added to our Instagram close friends. And we are going to be spilling all the tea in honor of our 100th anniversary episode. Thank you so much, everyone, for supporting us. We ain't stopping. All right. Now on to the show. Press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take the shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life in New, in York, New York City, City. And, and the world. world. Dylan, happy 100 episodes. I know. Is this a centennial? It, it, Is that what you call 100? <laughs> Wait, is it? The Drama Centennial. The Drama Centennial centennial Celebration. I'm so happy. Mm -hmm. Do you remember, like, our very first recording in person, of course, TBT? At Shetler Studios when we used to be schlepping around heavy equipment. Oh, my God. Well, and famously, behind the scenes, our first episode we released was not the first episode we recorded, but that's... You know, that's that. Well, we're not going to get into it, but uh-huh. it's so funny how things have changed. I'm so proud of us and for you for pushing us to make this happen for literal years before it even did. So I know you. it has been a dream come true. I just want to say thank you to everyone who's followed us along from the beginning. We have grown immensely. And if this is your first time, feel free to go back and listen to our back catalog. Our first ever episode was with Krista Rodriguez. And I have to give a thank you to like those first like eight to 10 guests, Zach Adkins, Blaine Krause, Ali Trim, Robbie, Robbie Rosell. Rosell, Heath Saunders, Jackie Burns, Matt Doyle, Antonio Cipriano, Aisha Jackson, all of the people who before we even launched, we're like, sure, I'll do this podcast. And they get, they trusted us with a podcast called drama. <laughs> I and know. Was that a bad name and- choice? I don't know, because there was that one guest before we started recording. She said, I'm not going to talk shit on your podcast. And we were like, that's not what it is. You know, that's why I say before, when you know, when we meet the guest, I say it's called drama, but it's not necessarily a dramatic experience. Anyways, mm-hmm. Dylan, we need to dive in because we do. I'm gagged. I mean, the, this guest who's helping us celebrate 100 is yes. in my list of like queens, queens of all queens. I am obsessed and she's been I, with yeah. us from the very beginning. You know, Legally Blonde is in my top five fave musicals. I know. And you've, you've made you've made the pitch for it many times many, on here, which I agree. Many times. And so she's been with no, us. Connor, she's been in all of our favorite shows. Literally. And the 15 minutes that we spent just kikiing before recording has affirmed my faith in the universe. You can meet your heroes and they are 
absolutely unreal. <laughs> yes. I'm going to bring her in. Please do. Please do. All right. Our guest today, here to celebrate 100 episodes, won the Tony Award, Drama Desk Award, and Outer Critics Circle Award for her portrayal of Essie in You Can't Take It With You on Broadway in 2015. She has stolen the show and our hearts in countless roles on The Great Bright Way, including Margot in Legally Blonde, Glinda in Wicked, the titular role in Sylvia, Lauren in Kinky Boots, Jeannie in Hair, and as Dot and Marie in the acclaimed revival of Sunday in the Park with George opposite Jake Gyllenhaal, which I can't even talk about without sobbing. You'll also know her performances as Helena in Midsummer Night's Dream in Shakespeare in the Park, Maureen in Rent, and Marcy in Dogfight. From stage to screen, she slayed on Masters of Sex, American Crime Story Versace, and the upcoming Impeachment, Be Positive, Unbelievable, Bad Education, The Good Fight, The Rocky Horror Picture Show, Nurse Jackie, Smash, Younger, Sex in the City, The Movie, Second Act Frozen, Better Off Single, and so much more. Be sure to check out her album Lost in the Stars Live at 54 Below on iTunes. She is an icon, a mother, a true comedian, a superstar, and as Connor said, our queen of queens. Please welcome to drama Annalie Ashford! Oh my god, that was the best intro I've ever gotten in my life. (laughs) (laughs) You've done it all, baby. You are so sweet. Also, congratulations Professor Higgins on your 100th (laughs) This is a big deal, 100th episode! Thank it's you. So exciting. I couldn't think of a better person to celebrate with. Oh, I'm honored, you too. This is magic. You guys are so sweet and I'm just the best and lovely, and I'm so happy to be here. Also, when you guys were giving your intro and you were like, well, somebody said I'm not going to talk shit, and you were like, I'll say who it is. Did you say I'll say who it is or I won't say who it is? I won't say. Oh! I'll, I'll, never, I'll never tell I'll until never we're done tell. recording, and I'll Good tell you. Good for afterwards. you. Okay, great. I'll I tell can't you wait. Yeah. <laughs> wait, so Annalie, you are fresh from a night of filming your <laughs> CBS sitcom, Be Positive. Yeah, I left on my individual lashes just for you. We're honored, honestly. Well, congrats on season two. Thank you. Thank you. There's some big changes coming. And I found out just now some of the new cast members. I just, I don't know if I'm supposed to know. And I literally went, oh, it's so (laughs) fun. We have some really magical people. And Linda Lavin is back, which is just, you know, my fantasy. She's just- A little Broadway. And she is so- special if you get a chance and you've never seen clips of alice take a take a deep dive onto the youtube and watch some alice because she is a genius there's a great episode that she just posted on instagram at the scene of her going on a date with a guy and this show was in the you know early 70s and Mm -hmm. and she's on a date and she's just just this gorgeous 70s bronzed goddess and this guy is like yeah it's not going to work out and he basically is like she's like Am I not, you know, you know, oh. you're not attracted to me? And he's like, I'm gay. And it's amazing. Really? Yeah, they had like a coming out episode back back in that era, which is so fierce. Amazing. This is before the puppy episode on Ellen. You know, we're so like, that's all we hear about. You mm-hmm. forget about, we all know about those um, that amazing episode on Golden Girls. Golden you know Girls, what I was just going to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like somebody should do like a little montage of the history of coming out on television and Alice would be included. <laughs> Congratulations on Be Positive. And also you have another show 
coming out that literally everybody is so ecstatic for myself included the next american crime story installment yes i'm i'm so excited i actually um we just did a big press day yesterday and i got to watch i had seen like the first three episodes before our first press press moment and then i just got to watch four through six and it is such an interesting story told now through the lens of the three Mm -hmm. women who were involved and you know obviously it's really really heavy Monica and Linda Tripp and Sarah Paulson is next level Beanie Feldstein is incredible and it's thrilling to watch them take this journey and watch Linda Tripp make these crazy decisions to record all these conversations and watch Monica Lewinsky really falling in love with the most powerful man in the world and and uh, Monica Lewinsky is an executive producer on the show. So she was really present, really involved, made really helpful, insightful, important decisions about how the story was being told and really, really accurate decisions, which is really rare. Wow. And one of the things that's most, I think, exciting to me is it was a real love story for her. And I think for Bill Clinton, you know, they gave each other gifts and it's all extremely, it's all documented in the Ken Starr report, which is also another part of this that I think is important that especially our generation understands because that moment of history set up for what we're having now, that it was heavily partisan. It was sort of the very first foray in our American history of it being so bipartisan. Mm -hmm. And that special counsel report reads like 50 shades of gray. (laughs) And that is is conflicting for me right. and very like, whoa. Yeah. So anyways, it's exciting. I'm, I'm really excited. We've been working on it for 10 months through really, really tough COVID protocols. And the crew ugh, worked through a mask and a crazy facial that looked like a helmet. And they still made like some really beautiful art. So I'm really grateful and honored to have been a part of it. Well, congrats. Oh this God. is your second Ryan Murphy? Because you were obviously on Versace. Yeah. This is my second Ryan Murphy magic show. And man, am I grateful to be a part of his universe. And every time I get to spend time with him, I just have not only a spectacular time like as a human, but I also as an artist feel really present, really heard. And I feel like I'm a, I feel like I make an art. And mm. that's just like, you know, it's a really a special treat. And he really advocates oh, for love. women because he has that whole, isn't it like 50? Yes. When you're on his set, you're like, wow, there's a lot yeah. of women in the room, which is unusual. And getting it's getting more Good. common. But on his set specifically, it is, it's like a mandate. And it's also just an expectation. It's not, it's a better way to say just it's an expectation or it's just sort of, it's part of the daily routine. And that is like yeah. amazing. He gets so many people opportunities. Yeah. I loved Versace, by the way. You were so good in it. It was so cool how they played it out in reverse. I've never seen a TV show like that. It was like, well, I mean, it was like the Merrily We Roll Along. I said that the whole season. I was like, Darren, I was like, Darren, this is like Merrily We Roll Along. He was like, isn't it fabulous? You know. We would have a key oh, about it. that. Oh my God. So good. And you know what? It's so funny. You're not funny, but interesting. You're talking about Monica and how it's really a love story for her. Because when I was watching the trailer, those final moments when you see Monica walking over to the phone and she answers it and she's like, hey, handsome, your heart breaks. Beanie really conveys empathy in such a beautiful way. Oh, she's, so she's naturally a vulnerable spirit, you know, which is 
absolutely, it has to be inherent in the person playing a role like this. You know, it just has to be. And so she's, she's perfect. It's, it's really exciting. And Monica spent a lot of time with the producers and the writer, Sarah Burgess, who I think is just so dreamy and so gifted. And I'm so grateful that she is the person helming the story. And she came to set one of actually one of my last days of filming because she, during the pandemic, she didn't get to come to set as much. And she's just so honest and open and cool and chill. And I said to her, I said, I'm really, it was hard for me to get to saying this to her, but I felt like it was really important. I was like, I'm really grateful we get to tell this story for you because I feel like it's validation for the trauma that you had to endure. Mm -hmm. You know, you were the, she was the first person who was basically trolled and shamed and ridiculed on the internet. Yeah. She was the first person bullied on the internet. I hadn't thought about it. Yeah. If you think about it. So, and she's done a lot of work with bullying campaigns. And I, anyways, I just think that this is going to be, I said, I hope that this year and this piece of art is, is like sort of healing for your drama, Mm. which sometimes art can do art heals trauma. You know, it's one of the forms of trauma healing. So anyways, (laughs) trauma, trauma, drama. That might be the title of the episode. We'll see. Actually, while we're talking about Beanie really quick, she was the first person we ever asked to be on the podcast. We were in person at Characters across the street from 54. Oh and my God. We were just with our- that bar, I've been there many times having a weird water. Very weird. Yes. They're closed actually now, but- They are. Yeah, they didn't They'll make open it. back up. They, Maybe. You so. never know. Sometimes yeah. people have a revival. Definitely. Well, yeah, yes. you know, but I remember Connor right. and I, we, we met her and a friend of ours was like, they're starting a podcast. You should go on. And she said, well, why don't you send me the info? Like she was very polite. She was so polite about it. She well, was so when cute. she's, when I bet you, when she's starting up funny girl or something, I, Put in, I'll put in a word, all right? I'll tell her, these uh, boys are uh, magic. Say, say hi to Beanie <laughs> Bryce for us. Thanks, Annalie. You're, you're literally the best. Okay, wait. So I'm, I am wondering, we've gotten into it a little bit, but we like to ask all of our guests how they're doing in the form of, are you well? <laughs> are you well? I'm very well, thank you. Everything's going great. I feel like in the morning glow right now, I've got a a light hitting my cheek, making my skin look dewy, but I think it's just oily. (laughs) No, it looks very dewy. You're you're so young. You've been young for so long. Earlier when you were like, I was on the Wicked Tour at 21, I was literally like, and you're still 30. I love you. (laughs) I love you. Thank you. My my ovaries and my uterus would tell you otherwise. (laughs) Gross. So, So yeah, where is Jack? Is he sleeping? Um, you know, it's so weird. We got up really early this morning and Joe went to go walk the dog and I went to go get my computer to set up to meet with you guys. And I looked over and he was asleep on the couch, like, like freaky. Like, how'd he get down here? When did this happen? Like, did he sneak by? Is he, is he, did he teleport? What happened? And Joe came in. I was like, did you notice the kid on the couch? And he looked over and went, oh, I don't know when he that went down so there funny. and he was just sleeping with a blanket on him. He must've just, he got, he just watched the descendants the first time, Cute. you know? Oh, and then, then he was like in it. Mm-hmm. He was like, we had to watch two and three over the next two days and he won't stop talking I about it. That. I was like, He's obsessed with Steph Cameron. Connor and I randomly watched those a few years ago, even though we're uh, older than we should have been watching them. But oh no, you have to do a weird deep dive. We did it for Kristen, honestly, but we stayed for for the Kathy rest of the Kathy Jimmy also, Kathy. and then Cheyenne Jackson is like mm-hmm. brilliant in the third oh, one. Yes. 
Yes. <laughs> I forgot. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're right. Oh my God. Well, you know, the guy who plays, I think he plays Captain Hook's son. Uh-huh. He's in the new Gossip Girl. Have you seen oh, that yet? No, I haven't. Everybody says it's fun. It is really fun. It's so fun. It's really bad, but so fun. I <laughs> okay. love every second of it. I can't get enough. Isn't Laura Benanti on it? Yes. Well, she's in everything. She is. She's the fairest. Oh my god. Well, so were you. So were you though, Annalie. Like literally, you were. You've been in The Good Fight. <laughs> younger which are two of my obsessions I was but, gonna, the, those shows too you're like new york mm -hmm. i live in new york and i'm an actor uh -huh. it's like kind of like it's like our version of being in law and order yeah and i've been on yeah. all the law and orders really <laughs> now are the law and orders all part of the same universe i've never really dabbled yeah i don't remember if they cross out my husband would know i and my sister my sister's a huge svu fan she's seen like every svu also mariska is maybe the coolest person in the universe. I love her. And she's such a huge theater supporter. And I, she's every time I've ever worked with Mariska, I've learned something from her. She is just so awesome. Oh, I love to hear that. I love that. She's a one namer. Like, you know, you don't have to say her last name. Yeah. Oh, and then of course, you, did you work with her husband on younger? I'm trying to remember where, where your character. Yes, was. I okay, did. Yeah. I did. Oh, well, wait, did I ever do a scene with I him? Remember. I think I just rode the van with him and was always like, and he's always so sweet to me. He's so tall and dreamy. They're both so tall and dreamy, both of them. I saw them walk into 54 once and they were giants. <laughs> there are giants in the sky. Yeah. I know. <laughs> are you guys on the petite side? Um, yes. Yeah, five, seven, five, six, Okay, seven. yeah, <laughs> we are two in our house. And my husband's like, he's five, eight? Yeah. He's five, seven. I don't know if he'd get mad at me if I, I don't actually know. Whatever, who cares? Does but your husband listen to your, your like interviews and stuff? Probably not but you never know. <laughs> Did he watch you on Watch What Happens Live? Yes, because we, he used to be very um, chagrined at my Bravo love affair. I've been watching Bravo since the beginning, beginning. And I watched like the original, the OG season of Housewives of Orange County. Wow. And it was always an amazing, I would DVR Housewives. And when I would come home from the, whatever show I was doing, it was a really great way for me to like numb out. It was almost like meditating. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> oh, my yeah. brain would, it's like a great way for me to like, un and also I, I prefer it to, to watching like a scripted show when I need to unplug because I'm not analyzing the camera work and the storyline and, oh, I love that line or this is a great mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And for years, he was just sort of like poo-poo about it. And then something shifted a couple of years ago. And now we don't miss an episode of any show. Oh, like it. last night, we went, we were, we saw that movie Free Guy, which is awesome. I'm oh, hearing highly good recommend it. I love Ryan Reynolds. He's mm -hmm. not only so good at acting but so funny, which are two hard things to be good at together. But then on top of that, him and Blake Lively are really, really amazing humans, like such good parents, such good people and really spectacular. And then on top of that, that movie was so unique, so original. He's so good in it. So anyways, we went and we got home really late. And then he was like, I know we should go to bed, but do you want to watch Housewives? And I was like, Beverly Hills. He goes, we're behind you're like this is dirty this talk is a, this is a dream man <laughs> and I literally was like there are times when I'm like God really blessed me with my match and those are that's one of them <laughs> yeah. well, that is so fun and you were on with um with Jackie from Jersey yes which was so wild and it was right at the time that they were like at she her and Teresa were at each other and I've never been more nervous for an interview not because of I was super like couldn't wait to be on with Jackie and like 
find her fascinating and fabulous. And I love, I love pretty much every housewife. I have nothing negative to say about everybody. Sometimes I'm conflicted about people's stances on public topics. Right. AKA Ramona. Ramona. Oh my God. And also like Kelly, Kelly Dodd. I was was a girl put on a mask. Right. But, (laughs) but anyways, I, I was really nervous because I love Andy so much. And I also, I just love like the housewives universe. And I wanted to be on top of my trivia. And I felt really, I felt really good about it afterwards. I think knock, knock, I may get to be on again soon. So we'll see. I'll let you guys know. I hope you're on like on a, on a Wednesday or something for Beverly Hills or maybe like, uh, or maybe with a Salt Lake girl. It's authentic. Uh And I also, I like just like, I think every time I ever go on, I may wear a St. Louis Cardinals outfit for my husband. Oh, that's cute. Isn't Andy from St. Louis? He's from St. Louis. So he's very confused when I'm like, I'm not from St. Louis, but my husband's a huge Cardinals fan. But then he rolls with it. And I'm like, go Waka, even though Waka's not on the team anymore. (laughs) Um, Well, you mentioned you're not from St. Louis, but you are from Denver. And something else that we like to do is kind of revisit your early days. Maybe that you decided to come into this. Connor, why don't you rate in this segment? We call it the Ring of Keys moment. It's inspired by Fun Home. It's that moment of recognition when you realized you wanted to be involved in the arts, the entertainment industry, whatever it means to you. Do you feel like you had that Ring of Keys moment? First of all, I think Janine Tesori would be honored by this moment, by this segment. I also think she's a genius. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that 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 song just encapsulates many moments from a lot of us in our life. But I love that you guys picked Ring of Keys. Okay. So mine, I think when it comes to this business is... um, the first time I really ever got to perform in an, in a real audience where the lights were dimmed and when the lights dim, the audience feels, I think, sort of free to, to feel because they're in the dark and nobody can see them. And you know, that feeling when you're like, oh, I can cry. Nobody will see it. I can laugh and nobody will judge me. So there's sort of a vulnerability that happens with the audience. And then on stage, there's an inherent vulnerability or should be that happens with the person giving. And then Tignataro said this great thing in um, her standup about how during standup or any sort of performance, like there's this great thing where there's you, there's the audience and there's the space in between. And, and I really think that's a beautiful way to explain the kismet, the magic that happens in space. And for me, the first time I ever got to feel it when I was seven years old singing, I think I sang, um, you gotta laugh a little, cry a little, na, 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 lie a little. the story of the glory of love from, from beaches yes. and beaches. And I did weirdly the ballad version. <gasps> Gross. Isn't that funny? <laughs> At seven. <laughs> At seven to a karaoke track. And I knew sort of like, I loved the space in between the connection, the kismet and the storytelling. So it wasn't about, I wouldn't say it was about the applause after, which I think some people that that fuels them and that they need that. For me, it's more, it's that connection, that kismet, that energy. And I think it's spiritual and I think it's a God thing and I think it's love. So I don't know. I've never explained it like that. And I, I guess, I guess that's sort of, the magic that I always want to make sure is a safe space to have with the audience. So yeah, oh, that's that is beautiful. You explained beautiful. it like you've explained it before, because I completely understood what you meant. And well, I have to tell you, when I saw you in Sunday in the Park with George, I certainly felt that from you. It was 
an unbelievable performance, Annalie. I mean, it you did things I've never seen before on stage. You were, it was unreal. Seriously, you should be so proud. And I'm excited that I think if it's still on, we'll get to see you do it again I mean, one day. Delta better pack his bags or her bags. That <laughs> Delta, get out of here. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, you're so sweet. Thank you. You know, hey, art is is collaboration, which is pretty, you know, that's part of sending the park with George. But I, it so is, I, yeah. on that note, it's like, okay, you get the best, one of the best pieces ever written, and then you get the best people to do it ever. And I just feel like I'm, every time I think about that show where I, it, you know, I pop out a lyric, I'm just like, oh, I'm so blessed I got to do it. Also, um, I'm really excited. If you haven't checked out James Pine's new book about it, it's beautiful. No, um, I haven't. Yeah, he just no. wrote a book about the writing of it, and it's really special and beautiful. And it's a great reminder if you're involved in an artistic endeavor, especially as a creator and writer, like it takes a long time to make good things. And sometimes you don't know if it's good or not. Um, and that shouldn't be the goal mm. is making it good it should just be making it. Yeah. And that's, that's so interesting, too, because I think people really realized how extraordinary it was with that 2017 revival. I agree. There's something about the second act that when it was done originally, he, he'll talk a lot about it in the book. So you'll kind of like understand why people were always sort of like felt like overwhelmed by the first act and then sometimes befuddled by the second act. And the first act is sort of pastiche because it's period. And then the second act, I feel like now that it's a period piece and we're, you know, 30 years out, there's something that has become pastiche about the second act. And there's mm -hmm. a just an element of camp and wink that we were able to kind of lend to the second act, this go around that you always give to the first act that I think made Marie make a whole lot of sense. And that first five minutes of Marie, it, the audience is like, what the, what the <laughs> heck, you know, like, this is like an SNL sketch. And then you just like, believe that she's a 96 year old woman mm -hmm. and you go with it. And by the time you get to children and art, you're swept away, you know, literally weeping. I mean, that was one of the most beautiful moments of the show. My, I mean, this is a, one of my doses of drama for the rest of my life, but I'm so sad that you didn't get to win a Tony award for that <laughs> performance. <laughs> <laughs> You're so sweet. You are the sweetest. It's, you know, it's funny being in LA because people in LA sometimes like quantify the theater scene by what the two happened at the Tonys, mm -hmm. kind of, you know, or they come out to see what's up for the, you know what I mean? Just sometimes people who don't live in New York, I shouldn't just say LA, but you know, it's the business. So mm -hmm. sometimes that, you know, sometimes people don't know that it even happened because it was sort of not part of the season and the mm -hmm. Tony Awards. It, so right. anyways. Which was respectful. That was a huge season, but even still... You versus Bet at that 2017 Tonys oh, would have been a smackdown. You, you're so funny. <laughs> yes. You'd have been like, I sang, I sang Glory of Love once. You should have been like, so did I. <laughs> I know. I should tell her to. I don't. I, I don't know. That'd be over. I she's in the Murphy verse as well. So she's she in is. the politician. <laughs> Maybe I'll ask Beanie one day to be like, hey, when you're hanging out with Beth, can I come over? Literally. Okay, no, wait. Now, Annalise, something came out in the press recently, and I need to know. Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> said he finds bathing to be less important, and I know oh my God. you spent time with him. Can you confirm or deny if he smelled wonderful or not? This is so funny because I constantly tell people in interviews that we shared a bathroom because we did <laughs> at the Hudson while I was nursing and we were doing a very, very stressful, maybe the hardest show ever written show. 
So I'm here to tell you that I've smelled all the smells and they're all good. I love it. it. You heard it here, everyone. Jake smells great. He smells great. And also, I mean, he's Jake Gyllenhaal. So when he doesn't wash his hair, it still smells like, (sighs) you know, good product. I fell in love with him with Love and Other Drugs. That was like, for me, like one of his best performances. He was good in that. Great movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great movie. Actually, that was based off of a friend of mine from Colorado who recently passed, my friend Lucy. Oh my goodness. But yeah, that's sort of kind of another like weird yeah. connection. Oh, wow. yeah. Okay. So there are like tons of things you've done and we want to kind of just run through some of your credits and play not like a game game, but like, we're going to say one of your credits and we'd love if you just would share like a memory or a moment or something that comes to mind when we name something. Okay. I'm going to kick it off. Let's hit it. Yeah. Connor, go first. Because Legally Blonde is like my, one of my favorite musicals, truly. What, what do you remember from Legally Blonde? Dog, dog treats. and because i had to do that that little thing with um, chico aka bruiser at the Mm -hmm. top of the show and then also i had to open the show which that was my broadway debut and it's we were on this platform and you were reaching over this thing it was so nerve-wracking every day i mean i just feel like a lot of cortisol a lot of cortisol (laughs) i actually i have celiac disease and back then i didn't know it and i think that Mm. was right when it was starting to get kind of bad Mm. and i had this crazy breakout where my hair was and (laughs) really because the opening number was so stressful. I had to open it, you know, there, Al, he's a lucky guy. I'm like, I mean, it's so, it's like, bing, 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 like, ah, ah. the energy is yeah. at like 110% and full out. And, um, and then I had to like, I feel like we went down a, that pole. A pole. Yeah. Yeah. That was always scary. There was a hole in the stage. That hole in the stage was always scary. And then sweet, the sweet dog, it was, I had to really call myself before he'd run out so that he felt my energy and not the audience. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of pieces of puzzle. Stressful. And then you run MTV. Yeah. Oh yeah. So maybe I should have said cortisol. <laughs> <laughs> you my know cortisol. what? You could not, and not anytime soon, but one day I see you as Paulette. I love you. You know, I always kind of like dreamed of directing the revival. Wait, we're, we're, we're putting that out there right now. Because I know. I should call Jerry and tell him and be like, yeah. hey, because I, he maybe wants to direct the revival, which would be fabulous because I'm sure he, he always has like amazing ideas for, you know, but because um, he's great at directing things he's directed before. Um, <laughs> A few times. He's really special at that. Mm-hmm. He's just, I love him. I think he's mm-hmm. an incredible director, obviously. And I'm so grateful for him and I love him. And I, I think he's a special genius person. So anyways, there you go. Love it. Okay. What about hair? <laughs> Sweat. Um, yeah, we were all sweating all the time and I wore that baby belly mm-hmm. and my hair was so long. And also I weirdly did this thing where in the naked scene, I wore a hat and I had a, a shawl <laughs> and I had a baby belly. So nobody really ever saw anything. You didn't even I actually see, love that. That's like so you, fun. You didn't even see my muff package, which I like to call my poon because I have such a bush. My bush is so, my best friend, Craig, also known as Breed Love, my, I have so much pubic hair and I let it get so wily that he, we used to call it my muff package. That's hysterical. But I recently have been waxing and I don't know how I feel about it. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I kind of miss my muff. The last time I got waxed, I was doing a, the penthouse scene for Paula Jones and, uh, I literally had to say, like, she she looked, leaned over, and she went, "Do you want me to trim?" And I was like, "You do that?" And she was like, "Yes." 
And I was like, okay, great. She was like, mm, you need to trim. Oh my God. <laughs> so anyways. Free the bush, honestly. Muff um, package. Muff yeah, package. Muff package. If we were in another time and place, people would be like, is that a Merkin? Side note, anytime somebody brings up a Birkin bag, all I can think of it, I just want to go, Merkin! <laughs> like sometimes I won't go why do we name it Birkenbag like I just think of Merkin and what are those little pickles that also sound similar Birkins. I remember there was an episode of Sex in the City where Samantha remember the one where she yes. had sex with a guy with a small penis and yes. she's like it was a gherkin or something yes. oh, so funny yeah so Speaking there you go Sex in the City Sex in the oh. City the film what do you oh, remember yeah. Oh my gosh, uh, Starbucks and paparazzi. Mm-hmm. And Michael Patrick King, King made me and Jennifer Hudson sing at the end of the night. And when we were finished, when we wrapped, and also Jennifer Hudson told me and Bridget Everett before Bridget Everett was like, me and Bridget Everett hung out the whole night. We're friends forever because of that weird experience. And Jennifer Hudson was really nervous and she had just won an Oscar and she kept oh. like talking about acting with me and me and Brenda ever, every time she walked away, we were like, is this happening? This is okay. <laughs> and then at the end of the night, I sang popular Bridget Everett sang something fierce. And then Jennifer, Jennifer Hudson was like, and I am telling you. And we were both like, I cried. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy. That's insane. Oh my God. Yeah. She's amazing in respect, by the way. Um, I can't wait. But yeah, yeah, I was playing Glinda on Broadway at the time and I like filmed in the middle of the night and then went and did a matinee. I feel like I can't quite remember, but I feel like that's what happened. Oh okay. God. So Wicked. Wicked's the next oh, one. Oh, Wicked. God, I think of so many things. You know what? I, I'm going to say dream because I still have Wicked dreams. I still, how many years, how I'm old now. And I did it when I was, I did the road when I was 20. I played Glinda for like two years from the time I was, you know, 22 to 24. It's where I, I met my husband when I was doing it. I did it in New York for nine months and I did in Chicago for another nine months, closed the Chicago company. And I still have dreams about Wicked. I still have dreams I'm doing it. That wild. Wow. And we all do. In That's the bubble so or like? Yes, all, all, the, all parts of the show and all, almost every Glinda and Elphaba I've ever known has the same thing. They're like, yeah, I still wow. have Wicked dreams. If, if I could go back in time, Annalie, it would be to see you and Stephanie J. Block oh. in Wicked. I That's seriously, so it is one of those moments I'm so sad I missed. What was your favorite moment in Wicked of playing Glenda? Oh my gosh, I always love, thank goodness, it's my favorite part of the show. And if that joy, that thrill doesn't thrill like you think it will, still, with this perfect finale, the cheers in the valley, who? I mean, that's the best. That's the best part of her arc. You know, she gets to mm-hmm. have this sort of like inner monologue. I always thought, thank goodness, was sort of like one of the better numbers in the show. But people, people forget. People forget. Yeah. She gets to show, she gets to use every crayon in her crayon box in that moment. Because she's, you see inside of her, you see her being Glinda to the people, you know, it's, it's everything. I think Glinda's arc is really um, interesting. I think she even gets to have. She gets to change even more than Alphabet does, you know, mm-hmm. she gets to be redeeming. And I always thought like the first act, like the mean Glinda, I never wanted to, I always, I never wanted her to be mean. I always thought that she was like pushed to, I always wanted you to feel like people were telling her she was supposed to like act like that. But I always wanted her to sort of secretly like be enthralled by Alphabet, not disgusted by her. Mm. Ooh, and I think she was. I do too. I need, to, I need to find a bootleg of you in Wicked now. No, I was young. 
<laughs> All right, I'll skip. It'll it'll just be this amazing performance in my mind of what I imagine you did. You know, I, I'm sure. Like you know, as you age, you're like, I don't, I can't look at, I can't watch myself perform and stuff like mm-hmm. like clips of myself because I'm like, what was I doing? You know, I no, I don't even <laughs> want to know. You know. So so did Rent happen after Wicked? Oh, Rent happened after Wicked, and it was very confusing, I think, for people to see Glenda on my resume and then see me playing Maureen. Maureen. There's many, I don't think there's many people who've done that. Maureen was one of my favorite parts I've ever played hands down. When people are like, what was your favorite role to ever play? You know, I'm of course like Dot Marie, but I'm like, Maureen is close, almost tied. Mm. Not, you know, Dot Maureen is, I mean, Dot Marie is like, you know, next level, but Maureen was Rent slash Maureen. If you asked me to do it tomorrow, I think I could I think I could do it. I knew every word walking in Mm -hmm. and I just like, I can sing for some reason. I can sing Maureen when I wake up at, it's the only part of it. Everything else could not sing at eight o'clock in the morning. Could not do a today show moment without waking up a couple hours before having some water. And for some Mm -hmm. reason I can wake up and sing over the moon or take me or leave me. I don't know why. Can you, can you give me a quick line reading of Joanne, which way to the stage? Joanne. Which way to the stage? Yes. I mean, I always imagined yes. her being like, I'm a woman of a theater. That's the <laughs> yeah. my, that was my Maureen, too. But you she do was, performance art. Thank I you. love that take. I did it. My whole thing about Maureen is before I auditioned, I did a deep dive into the late 80s, early 90s scenes of performance art. And Michael Greif was like super into it. Of course, he was knowledgeable about it. And we went there. Yeah. I wanted it to be very like homage to that time of, performance art and when I was in college I was like sort of involved in the performance art scene from like my go-go dancing scene and I don't know it was like an homage to my college days of go-go dancing because I really did performance art back then yeah okay wait this isn't like unnecessarily on our list of credits but your experiences with Lady Starlight slash Lady Gaga yes so I didn't have as much time with Miss Gaga but I I'm very close to Lady Starlight, who was DJing with Lady Gaga at the time, and they would open for the band The Semi Precious Weapons. And I'd always be like, Whoa. I'm just like, Tranter, yes. right? And I was like, That girl's like, she's amazing. She's like, <laughs> she's like a lot, but she's going to be like a star. <laughs> and now she's Lady Gaga. <laughs> so I always knew she was like sort of a genius. Also, she just was so talented and like, Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a surprise to me at all that she's living this fierce acting life now. You're like, yeah, girl, of course we knew. I knew. And my uh, my best friend Craig slash Breedlove is really close to her. And she's just been so good to all those people that she really started out with. Sometimes when people blow up like that, they don't they don't keep calling pals. And she did, which mm-hmm. I think just says the world of her. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so that cool. Class act right there. Did you have a name in the go-go, the go-go circuit? Ho- Hollywood star with two R's. Mm. Fierce. I know. And now that, you're there. That, and, oh my God. My next credit is Dogfight. Ooh, um, teeth. <laughs> so I, it was the first time I have really had like a, a, a teeth situation where I had to put in fake teeth. Um, and I got to wear braces as Paula Jones. So mm-hmm. it was, it was like, oh, it made me feel like I was back in Dogfight. Um, but my teeth were such an important part of that character. And so was my beehive. And I feel like that show is just begging for a revival mm-hmm. because of the way that it treats women. And it's just become such a, that kind of a conversation has just become so thematically, I think, more relevant. So even though it should have been back then. Um, Plus Pasek and Paul blew up too. So, (laughs) Oh yeah. Right. That too. 
And then also I think I hate, I'd like to direct that because I think it would be an interesting reevaluation with like kind of a female Age. Women should just direct hey, everything. I should call somebody. I mean, I'd love to direct. I, I feel like it's like my dream is to go direct a little theater, do a little pull a Michael Arden, oh, yes. and take a detour. You'll be nominated for every best revival of a musical, Tony, going forward. <laughs> I love it. Um, finally, of this little game, Kinky Boots. Oh, love Kinky Boots was like such a gift to me as a human. And as an artist, and I remember just like, I feel like it also, I think of Jerry Mitchell a lot because he just, everything he does best, he got to show in that show as a director, choreographer, Mm -hmm. music maker, storyteller. Oh, I kind of feel like just texting him today and telling him that I just, I love him so much. And he really shepherded the energy of that show. And I think the heart of that show, that show always, I always say that show had a palpable heartbeat that you could feel at the back of Mm -hmm. the house. And it was as relevant as the day we did it, even more relevant the day that it closed. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I went to the closing show and just kind of cried through the whole thing of just like tears of joy. And I'd like, by the time it closed, I'd had a baby, I'd gotten married. Wow, The world had changed. And I'm so grateful for that show. It's a part of my soul. Oh, I love it. So I love that show. That's so special. We had we had Stark on. Um, he was one of our first guests this earlier this year. And oh my God, talk about a leading man, amazing person. Such a doll. We had such a great time together. And like, I mean, anytime we see each other, we're so, we all have this like soul connection, you know, all of us that were in that original company, anybody who was in the show at all, we all just like have this really sweet, special soul connection. And, you know, Stark and I are both parents and, you know, our lives are so different. And like, so, I mean, look at Billy, look at all the magic (laughs) that's happened to Billy, but also just like all of our careers are just really different and magical, but also, um, and, and Lena Hall, who I always would just will forever just feel like as my sister, Selena, (laughs) but, uh, you know, we all just like all of our, our lives have just grown, you know, like we're all married now and have our people and our, you know, so heart and soul. That's what I think of as kinky boots. Beautiful. Oh my God. God. Well, listen, we are sadly wrapping up, but before we go, we like to end on a dose of drama, a little recommendation or rant or rave to leave our listeners with. And Dylan, do you want to kick this off for the 100th time dose of drama? I will. My dose of drama is that I will never forget seeing Annalie on smash And because your character came back, like that is so crazy to me that you were in the pilot and then returned, was it season two at some point during a very relevant storyline that would be even more relevant now with the Derek Wills of it all. Oh, right. It was a me too storyline, right? Yeah. Pre me too. Pre me too. You guys, that is like sort of my blessing and lot in life is I, I usually do like a guest star and then some, for some weird reason, they figure out how to bring me back I was only supposed to be a guest on the first in the pilot of masters of sex and then I ended up doing four seasons which is a miracle Uh I'm so grateful but yes I I weirdly made a comeback on that show Mm -hmm. I love that and and I can't help but wonder if you based that character on people you'd known in the industry who'd pivoted to you know fitness or I'm trying to yes girl (laughs) 
Of course, we all, me and also how fun that my, my recurring, my recur moment was with um, Megan and Leslie, hmm. which was like, and it, it, that was also dreamy. And Megan had just started dating her now husband and he was hanging out and I knew him from before. It was just was like, I wish that show had gotten to go on longer for m- multiple reasons, but it was just really fun to see those people, first of all, employed, second of mm-hmm. all. Hanging out in Midtown, making a show about Broadway. So anyways, um, yeah, that was super fun. Oh, Love so it. true. You know, it was right right when streaming was taking off, too. And now there are thousands of shows. And I wonder if Smash would have had a different life, you know? Oh, it, it would have been on for like 10 seasons. Mm-hmm. Let's just get real. Yeah. I think it was ahead of its time. And I wonder, I'm sure they've talked about it a million times of like, could we do it again in a weird, you know, like reboot? I'm mm-hmm. sure they're yeah. figuring it out. Debra Messing loves a reboot, so... Yes, girl. <laughs> she, does. she does. Okay, my dose of drama is that it is day five of me attempting to watch The Kissing Booth 3 on Netflix. And I've made made it in five to ten minute increments each time. And I'm truly only watching it for my one of my biggest crushes, Jacob Alordi, who listeners would know as Nate from the series Euphoria, which I also rewatched earlier this summer. And I'm, it's dramatic because I don't know why I've suffered through one, two, and now three Kissing Booths, but... I am, and please send me strength to finish it. I'm, you know, when I commit to a man, I commit. So I'm in this for Jacob, but it is not good, y'all. Drama. Wow, I didn't even know that show. So thank you for sharing. <laughs> yes, I I wouldn't recommend it. Is maybe my point. <laughs> it's not good, but Jacob is shirtless basically the whole time, which is a dream. Congrat, congratulations. I'm happy for you, Connor. <laughs> Annalie, <laughs> do you have a dose of drama to wrap up our episode together with? Yes. Kathy Hilton, Kathy Hilton, Kathy Hilton, Beverly Housewives, Real Housewives this season. Um, we have a new new uh, addition to the cast and it's Kathy Hilton and she just brings me so much joy. She gets up late and misses <laughs> big portions of filming, which most housewives would never do. They would never <laughs> ever want to miss a moment of fil- filming, but she's authentically living her life, mm-hmm. which is so just refreshing um, and that's the thing that we love about reality TV is really just seeing people be real. That's yeah. why you watch it. But uh, she's um, she she's a product of sort of living in a different version of reality mm-hmm. for the last 40 years, 30 years, however yeah. long she's been married to her Hilton, Hilton husband. And then <laughs> we also know so much about her kids. And it's also sort of a really sweet thing to get an insight from a mom about daughters that you think you know so much of and to like I love Paris and uh I I love them I love her daughter so much more now love like I'm like obsessed with Paris all of a Mm -hmm. sudden and like have empathy for like the experience that she's had and also I think I didn't realize what her daughters were doing they were sort of like the first people to sort of poke fun at, at their existence through reality yeah. and kind of camp their life through reality TV. With the simple life, right? Yeah. Like I forgot. I almost makes me want to go back and watch it. Anyways, I love Kathy Hilton. She is so quirky and I just can't wait for her take on, on what's happening. And she always rolls in like late yes. with some kind of like weird beverage or <laughs> food item that you would never expect her to have you know she's not showing up with like an air keto snack she's like having um a bag of chips and a red bull at two o'clock in the morning reading the new york times it's my favorite thing incredible in the and her and kyle are sisters and it's so wonderful to see oh. sisters like 
sleeping in bed together, which we do with our brother and, you know, mm-hmm. sister or whatever, you know, like. It's so cute. I, I said earlier, it's like Lucy and Ethel watching them cook at yes. the quinta. And it makes me understand Kim Richards better. I thought Kim yes. was kooky and probably off 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 the off the rocker for most of it but now i'm like oh yes. no they're just weird like they're actually just weird also i think kim we have a better understanding of like she was struggling with addiction in a really major way and her family was trying to help her and keep it and they've also been in a public eye situation their yeah. whole life and anyways uh, love kathy hilton love. on that note check her out there's a great new york times article about kathy hilton this week that's really special she's a star do you think she'll get full-time housewife next season? She may not want to because she'd have to get yeah. up earlier. I don't know. But <laughs> who cares? Just having her around is delicious. She must stay on. Oh, my God. Well, Annalie, listen. You are, as I said, the queen of queens. We cannot thank you enough for Seriously. joining us on the podcast. Your Dream come true. Everything. Well, you everything. sweet boys are kindred spirits. It's so good to spend this time with you. And when I saw Helena York had a delicious experience and time with you, I was like, oh, I want to spend time with them too because I love her oh. and she's the best. And all these other oh, yes. amazing people who I'm friends with who've been um, pinned on your show. So, you know, I'm happy to be in the, in the crowd. Can you hear my kid going, Dad? Where's my R2-D2? So cute. See, this is what I love about the Zoom interviews. You get get a a taste in people's lives that you wouldn't normally get. Oh, yeah. It's 837 and we're already looking for R2-D2. And I think watching The Descendants 2. Again. There's something to just spell. Oh my God. (laughs) Well, we'll let you get back to your life, but this has been unreal. Thank you for celebrating our centennial with us. Oh, congratulations, (laughs) Professor Hickens. When somebody says congratulations, that's just the song that comes to mind. That's so fun. And of course, everyone should follow you on Instagram at Annalie Ashford. Yes. And you're on Twitter, the A Ashford, right? Oh, you guys, I don't really know how to use Twitter, but sure. Um, But I do lots of weird things on my Instagram. I do lots of recipes because I'm a WW Lifetime member. Yes. Not a diet. It's about living healthfully. I love it. (laughs) I honestly love it. You're the best. You're the best. Thanks. You guys are the best. It's so good to spend time with you. Thank you. Thank you. And Connor, everyone should follow you at Connor McDowell, me at Dylan McDowell, us, the drama podcast. And here's to the next 100. All right, Connor. See you next time. Drama. Drama.